I'm in a series or conversation that ends today uh, titled uh, Good News. Uh, and uh, over the last few weeks, I started out on how things get good, why we need Jesus. And last week we talked about how to see the gold and the value Jesus brings in opening blind eyes. And that blindness is not just a physical condition, it can be an emotional and a spiritual condition. And how Jesus changes that. Uh, today I want to talk to you about one of the most useful, powerful and life-changing values Jesus adds in our lives and in the world and an irreplaceable one. There is no other person who can do this thing. I want to talk to you about good, being good to go. Good to go. To introduce that idea, I should tell you an embarrassing story about my own life. You've heard far too many. I did tell the story to one or two friends before the service. So just nod and smile like it's the first time you've heard it and that it's a super cool story. I um, It's Builders Shutdown. It was Builders Shutdown or Industrial Shutdown on Thursday last week. Friday was a public holiday. Any of you here on shutdown, you're not going back to work until January sometime. Quick raise of hands. Okay, there is, oh, I know, you're online. That's where you are. You're already at Sunday's River. Uh, the rest of you here holding the economy together because the Lord knows ESCOM isn't. I mean, I'm joking, I'm joking. Inappropriate, it's been on my mind for a while uh, after the whole resignation thing. Everybody's resigned, all the CEO, every president's everyone. Um, but um, I thought before Builders shut down, what I should do is I've always wanted to do that like French uh, chateau thing of having uh, little stones in parts of my garden. You know, little stones, no lawn, because there's no water to water the lawn. So no lawn in some parts, little stones. Find a friend, I said, listen, you're in the game. Can you drop off? Can I buy some of those little pebbles? He said, yeah, sure. What size? 19 millimeters, any smaller than that. And you'll be raking like a, a you know, for, like one of those Japanese monks uh, all day. So uh, I didn't want to do that. And he said, listen, whether you get a, a lot or a little, I'm charging you for a bucky, one price. I said, cool, then fill it up, max it out. Don't cut me short. I didn't visualize. You see, words matter. What a bucky means to me and a bucky means to another person or a truck is very different things. A vehicle arrived that I had to take the gate off its tracks to get into my, no, don't laugh at me. I'm, I'm, still, don't, I'm still very vulnerable about this. Uh, it reversed into uh, my vehicle and tipped 15 tons of pebbles. I did a calculation that if I moved one wheelbarrow a day, I'll be 65 before, <laughs> before it's all gone. Of course, I'm now not doing well one wheelbarrow a day. I'm doing many more. I did start the other morning. I put the Bible on Audible in my ears and I start moving uh, wheelbarrows of stone. My neighbor across the road must have either heard the voice of the Lord or just taken human pity on me, walked across the road and said, please, uh, please, can we help? Like, we need to rally up, you know, you know, like the, 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 those uh, Amish people do, like we need to rally up. Uh, the street and help you. But, but I said, no, thank you. This is my burden and I paid for it. It's my fitness plan for the month of December. <laughs> I, I will move 15 tons. But I'll tell you where the story is pertinent to our conversation this morning. It's always on my mind that there is 15 tons of stone that still needs to be moved. It's on my mind. 
I wake up in the morning, I look out at the ocean, and there's 15 tons of stone. I had a guest visit the other day. I had to take 24 wheelbarrows away from one side so they could walk up to my front door. It's on my mind. I go to bed at night, I think, well, maybe if it doesn't rain in the morning, I can move another eight wheelbarrows if the weather's good. Yesterday, it rained in Mandela Bay, so I couldn't move any. So I thought, well, I'm now, I'm, I'm now another day behind. I'll be 67 if this carries on. But it's on my mind. I want to talk to you about how that every person without Jesus as Lord and Savior has something on their mind and they don't know what it is. And it's always on your mind. And that there is a need to be given peace from the thing that is always on your mind. We were born like that. We were born with what the Bible refers to as the Adamic nature of fallen man. This feeling that something is missing, could be better or needs attention. And that idea our Saviour came to set us free from. This is why the arrival of a Messiah was so incredibly important. In Luke chapter 4, it's that famous mission statement of Jesus, a quote from Isaiah 61. Uh, Sharice referred to it uh, earlier. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, uh, Jesus speaking, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom uh, for the prisoners, uh, the recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I, I just there for a moment, to set the oppressed free. Do you know, every part of that verse involves every part, every person in this room in some way. Some kind of blindness, some kind of prison, some kind of oppression. When I grew up in Christianity, I was taught that oppression is only a demonic thing, that some demon picked on you and is attacking you. But I want you to know that human nature is oppressed or burdened with something on the mind until Jesus Christ comes and sets you free. Every human has a pile of rocks somewhere they're trying to move before they turn 65. <laughs> it's a long way away. Whether it is a financial thing you're trying to move. You start out at a younger age, you're 13, and all you want to do is get through acne. <laughs> it's on your mind. Just when you get through acne, you discover the need for acts. Oh, you know what that is, right? Your body starts to do things. When you get to 16, you think, I just, need to, I just need to get to the, the final dance with the right person. A pile of stones, you've got to move out your way. And then you start a career and you start studying and you think, I just need to get through first year. It's on my mind. I wonder if anybody, everybody, somebody, she likes me. And then when you graduate, a new pile of rocks. And then you get married. And then you are the pile of rocks. No, I just need to make sure that, I just need to make sure that how that landed wasn't going to start fights with married people uh, on the way home. 
That verse goes on, uh, in fact, to remind us that Jesus fulfilled that scripture. For today, this verse is fulfilled in its reading. As a quick reminder, there are five human conditions that Jesus reads about that we've been kind of tackling. And you've got them. And the good thing about that is it's curable. But the, the medicine is Jesus Christ. It's the condition of poverty where the spiritual or material or emotional it's the condition of imprisonment. Prisons we build around ourselves, around people or we are born into. It's the human condition of vision, that we're short-sighted without Jesus. It's the condition of oppression, the one I want to deal with today. This feeling that something's on your mind and you can't get rid of it. And finally, the feeling of regeneration. Will it ever get better? In Luke chapter 2, uh, the famous story in the Bible of the nativity takes place. I wanted to read it to you. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it by now. It's Christmas time. So you hear three things during Christmas. The nativity story, uh, an awful song about last Christmas and giving your heart away. (laughs) And Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. (laughs) A recent um, interesting YouTuber YouTuber, uh, clip revealed that she makes... Uh, uh, an additional four to seven million US dollars every December because of the amount of people play that uh, song. I feel sad that I'm unable to write songs. <laughs> as cheesy as that. So, <clears throat> but Luke chapter two, and there uh, were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find uh, a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts. It's on that invitation card, that phrase. Great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those who his favor, on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I want to talk to you about how that peace uh, comes, this thing that's on your mind is resolved when you have the final sense of peace with God, that God loves you and has favoured, has his favour on you. This idea of favour um, is an interesting uh, one in the Bible. It's all over the place in Scripture. The idea that God handpicks something. God favoured Adam and gave uh, him Eve. Uh, God uh, uh, favoured uh, uh, one of two brothers' sacrifices, uh, Cain's versus Abel's. God uh, favours or puts his blessing on or approval on or p- makes peace with people. And when that happens, something changes in you. I still have something on my mind, but what I have on my mind is that God will make a way no matter what happens going forward. My, my mindset changes from wondering what will go wrong to wondering how he's going to turn it into a blessing. 
What changes is I have on my mind that God will reveal himself in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. I no longer have a pile of rocks I feel I have to move. Instead, I have this great sense that God, my great Redeemer, has cleared a path for me, made a way for me, taken a burden from me, given me something easier and lighter because that great weight that was on my mind that makes me wonder about who I am, what I'm meant to do and what I'm doing here has been lifted. Instead, I've been plugged into a Redeemer and His great power now puts fresh ideas on my mind. And that which was previously occupied by my oppressor is now occupied by my Redeemer. Saul was to become Paul, the apostle. He had an experience like that too in Acts chapter 9. He was on a journey, actually persecuting the church. He was still called Saul at the time. And on his journey, the famous road to Damascus, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And so he trembled uh, in trembling and uh, astonished said, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? Uh, Saul's conversion, becoming a Christian, was of a man who thought he was doing the right thing to be faced with the bright light of Jesus. Light has come. The star is born. Jesus is here. And for him to finally say, stop fighting. You know that little phrase, kick against the goads? It's like a weird... It's like a weird phrase because I don't really use it every day. Like, what is that? Goads, even. What are those? Um, kicking against the goads. Oh, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were kneeling to be saved there. I, I thought uh, somebody stepped forward and knelt, and I thought, well, it's, it's it's not a marriage proposal, so, so it must be must be something else. But I see what you did there. Thank you for helping. Uh, goads are the proddings. Uh, they, 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 it's the prodding of something towards something better. You can't resist that all the time. You know what's been on your mind? What's been on your mind is that Jesus is prodding you to better. Jesus is prodding you to relationship and Jesus is prodding you from the road you're on to Damascus, to the road you ought to be on, to deliverance. Jesus will prompt you until you can't resist it anymore. You can dull it. You can try to drink it away. You can try to fill your pockets with wealth to distract you. But at some point, you have to face this idea that there's something on your mind you can't get rid of. And that's because the only person who has a key to that burden is Jesus Christ. You have to come to Jesus and you have to give him your heart. And then he'll know how to piece it together again. It's one of those tempting things, isn't it, in life, to want to do things our own way for ourselves and hope that the way life ends is that everything we were supposed to do gets done and we'll just have peace. But most people don't land up with peace. They just make peace with what they are. Making peace and having peace is not the same thing. I could wake up one morning and just make peace with the fact that I have 14.5 tons of stone in my front. I could just make peace with it. Some of you have made peace with that pile of stuff in the corner of that room. Some of you have made peace with that room. Some of you have made peace with that house. Some of you, especially it seems with children, have made peace with the state of the back of your 
car. Asmal, when Sharice referred, if you're watching online, I mean, in another church, Sharice did the message on giving and referred to how things could be messy in the backseat of a car if you have kids. I have become an avid gardener for some reason. I'm trying to make it as cool as possible, though, so I don't know, I'll get a tattoo of like a fig tree or something on my arm. That would, that would connect cool with like context. Also, John 15 is helpful. I am the vine and he is the... Mark mm. back seat, even of a semi fancy, well, it used to be a fancy car in 2006, has soil in it. You just make peace with it. Maybe you've made peace with the way you are. You're like short tempered or unkind or weak willed or lonely. Those piles of rocks are just going to stay there because you don't have the strength to move them. We need a saviour because we need somebody to lift something we didn't put there in the first place that is far greater than we can lift in one lifetime so that our path is clear before we're in our 60s so that we can say, your will be done on earth now as it is in heaven then. There's this deep something in us that when things are on our mind and we can't shake them, other people pay the price for them. We get snappy when something's on our mind and we can't fix it. Or we try retail therapy. Maybe it'll shake our minds right. When something's been on your mind long enough, it could even become oppressive and maybe even demonic that an evil spirit whispers in your ear what you've already been thinking and sinks you so deep in a hole you can't get out of. But the Messiah has come. Good news and glad tidings for all people. I thought about that moment at the manger and the moment with the shepherds. You know, the wise men brought gifts. I thought, couldn't the angels have perhaps brought something more useful? Could the angels not have come with something to help Mary and Joseph and Jesus? Maybe, I don't know, a cot. Is that a thing? Could the angels not have brought something to the manger? Maybe some string lights or... Do you know the angels brought the most important thing to the nativity moment? The angels showed humans what you're supposed to do when face to face with a saviour. Sing songs of praise. One angel came and announced that the shepherds weren't sure. So the other angels came and said, here's what you do. A great company of hosts, angelic hosts, came to you and sang, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. It's what you're supposed to do. The stones move when you sing songs of praise to a saviour. You can keep lifting or you could start singing and the heavens will move on your behalf. There are three things. I, I, I do need to still do my three things. Now, three things I want to talk to you about on how Having something on your mind is resolved through Jesus. 
are three, without a doubt, thought patterns in all of us that pull us down. And if we give them to Jesus, he'll lift us up. And our need for a savior will be clear. First of all, we've got things that test us. I'm sure you've been tested by something. If you haven't been tested by something, as the joke goes, you might be the test for someone. Don't repeat that in the car on the way home. (laughs) Honey, my life was wonderful. And then the Lord sent you to test me. Don't do that. But it is an essential requirement of discovery that you are tested. We must be tested to find the end of our own strength, to find our need, but mostly to find our Saviour. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Because you know that the testing of your faith, James 1 goes on to say, produces perseverance. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Tests are a divine process that help us receive reward and become mature. You're always going to be tested the rest of your life. I acknowledge our graduates here. Well done on graduating from your studies. I just, my timeline is flooded with people in front of a banner receiving a certificate. And I'm proud of you. It's wonderful that that season of your life's testing is over. I chose my words wisely though. Because if you think the tests are finished, somebody lied to you. Marriage will test you. (laughs) That may have been too loud and amen. So I'll look this side. Money will test you. For some of you, liquid stuff will test you. Powdery stuff will test you. Online connection will test you. Self-worth will test you. For people like me, the mirror tests me every morning lying to me about my health conditions. I rebuke it regularly. What I am sure of though is that the test is resolved when it leads me to Jesus Christ. Secondly, one of the reasons why you've always got something on your mind is because things taunt you. It's the oldest story in the Bible, the snake taunting Eve. Did he really say, do you know how nice that fruit is? Surely you could also be like him. Goliath tested and taunted. Is this all you are? Some little boy come to bark at me like a dog. A taunting. Can't you do better? Your neighbor is doing better. Your school friend just bought their second Fortuna. You should do better. It's on your mind. 
time to shake yourself loose from that whatever vehicle. I once made a reference like that and abused some brand. And about six salespeople from the other brand came to me and said, don't do that. We're trying to sell cars too, you know. This sermon was not sponsored by Toyota. (laughs) Although I feel it should be. For faith without hints is dead. I have no idea what verse that is in the Bible. Oh wait, it isn't. That's why. Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals who hung there next to Jesus hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You get taunted. Is this Christianity thing working? You're part of a church. Where does the money really go? Christians get divorced as much as anybody else gets divorced. Taunting. It's on your mind. But let me tell you, the answer is Jesus Christ. I don't need to respond in writing, in person, in presence, or in words to anybody else's questions. The only one who knows the content of my heart is Jesus Christ. He has favoured me. That's a powerful idea. No matter what they say about themselves or you, God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. I'm so grateful that Jesus silences the voices of those things that taunt us. And then lastly, things that tease us. Jesus went on to say in Luke chapter 7, what can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came eating and uh, eating bread and drinking wine and you said, well, he's, he must have a demon. Uh, the son of man uh, came uh, uh, eating and drinking. You said he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proven right by all her children. Uh, that verse, as complicated as it initially sounds, basically says this, you can't make the world happy. You sing, people say, what's wrong with you? You cry, people say, what's wrong with you? The church gets formal, people say, it's too cold. The church gets happy, people say, it's too happy clappy. You get, and it's not enough. But when you don't have, you want to get. It's on your mind. You'll, you know when people say, just find a happy medium. doesn't exist. There's no happy medium. You know, people say, people say well, losing weight is the easiest thing in the world. You just have to have portion control. Okay, let me tell you what's wrong with that sentence. Just have portion control. All of it. Every word is wrong. <laughs> I, I, be, I, I bought plates not so long ago. I look at those plates, I realize these are platters now. Why can these plates carry 
one ton of the stones outside. Why are they so big? Because we have to fill them. Now I have to get smaller plates. Side plates are actually the appropriate size plate for a human my size. That's a side plate. It's enough. It's enough. But is it enough? Oh, a real man can eat a kg steak. Yo, okay? Just might need a day. Like my 15 tons of stone. I'll be done in a bit. See, that song says when the spirit of this world suggests whatever you do, it isn't going to be right. But the spirit of Christ Jesus that dwells in us takes my ordinary and makes it extraordinary, my feeble and makes it supernatural, my my broken and makes it whole. And I'm not trying to get everybody in the world around me to uh, um, understand my song or sing to my rhythm. I'm uh, doing uh, things at heaven's pace. That's why something's on your mind. You don't fit. I don't know if you know this, but you don't fit anyway. You're a misfit. I had to put a smile on my face because if I didn't, someone might take, you know, get, get offended. You're supposed to be because the only place you connect perfectly is under the leadership of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That fits just right. That's a song at my tempo. That's a story I connect with. That's a future that makes sense to me. This world's in trouble because no matter what we sing and no matter whether you cry, you can't make people happy. But a saviour has come and he does. Let me close with Isaiah 9 with Sheree's having already read it to us. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then the one for today, Prince of Peace. So you could spend the rest of your life trying to move the stones and hope that when you get to the end of it, whatever's been on your mind will be resolved. Or you can let Christ Jesus settle your mind, heal your heart, and renew your soul. And then when you're moving those stones, whatever you do in life, you'll do it with a song in your heart and a joy in your attitude. And it won't matter what it looks like when it's over because what you were looking for, you found at the start not at the end of the journey. This is the great gospel that I can have at the beginning of my life what some or most only hope they will have at the end. Everlasting peace and right relationship with God the Father. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me so that we can pray? I was a little concerned this morning when I got to church that 
since we don't have an evening service tonight, I might preach two sermons in one. And yet, miraculously, I am on time. (laughs) Mike says, a good sign that Jesus has come is that I have finished on time. I'm mindful that we have our kids here with us too. I'd like to take a moment to pray, and I know it's tempting to want to be the first person at the, at the queue. And there are a few queues at church right now. There's the Seattle queue. It's very nice there. Eat a lemon meringue on my behalf, please. And then there's the red band queue with some of the nicest sweet and savory little bites. But there's also a pancake person there. Oh, Nutella and banana. I know you want to be in the queue. But the prayer I want to do now is the queue you need to be in. And that's the, that's the you've got something on your mind and you need to be set free from the oppression of it. He came to set the oppressed free. It's a very big deal. So while I pray now, would you, would you consider a response? And so, so here's how I'd like you to do. Just close your eyes for a moment. And would you consider a response? And if you're here or, or, or watching online or perhaps in one of our churches and you need to respond to this by acknowledging your need for this, I, I want to pray for you. So if you're in this sound of this message and you've got something on your mind and Jesus needs to lighten that load, I'd like to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand uh, or hands long enough uh, for me to... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. um, You you could stick your hand up by emoji online if you want. But Jesus is here. So Lord, would you please, by a miracle, irrespective of space and distance and time and location, would you cut through all of that and touch our hearts. Would you bring peace of mind, a kind of peace that passes all understanding, that sets our heart at ease, so that no matter what we do from day to day for the rest of our lives, we will do it having the most important thing answered. Right with you, favour of God on our lives. Would you please teach us to live our lives in that way, so that we are at peace, not fighting for peace. Would you settle upon us, Holy Spirit, and bring us peace? Would you cut through the deceptive lies that suggest we could never be happy and can't make others happy and instead be at peace with you and be pleasing to you? That we can do. And we invite you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said,